Hi, and welcome back to the Relatively Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lady. I'm a freelance digital marketer and advocate for continued learning and self-development. This podcast is for anyone looking to learn from their peers about the lessons and growth from vulnerabilities, struggles, and adversities they faced in their life. Today's episode is with a recent public relations graduate who is working for the Sacramento Kings on their community impact team. He has a passion for film and has been self-taught all while trying to help push his family in a positive direction. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Sapansky. Josh, how's it going? Great. How are you, Matt? I'm doing awesome. Where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from Sacramento, born and raised. And Sacramento, here so far. born and raised. Let's go. Um, so you born and raised there. So didn't um, do you travel a lot when you're younger at all? Anywhere else? Or do you just, just born and raised in Sac? Just born and raised. Um, as I continue to, to tell my story here, you'll you'll understand. I didn't have much opportunity at all to um, travel, but got it, got it. Um, so you born and raised in Sac. You which high school did you go to? If you don't mind me asking, I know there's yeah, a lot. Of um, yeah, of course. Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me on, and thanks for this platform to interact and talk with you and share a little bit about me and. Yeah. my story um i remember our first interaction was at a prssa meeting i remember um just the genuine way that you you know introduced yourself to us and i think really um invited us to get some genuine professional advice from you and so i was like you know that really drew me and i was like okay well i'm gonna go up and ask you know some real questions and really pick his ear a little bit because you know i respected that and i you know, I was grateful for that. So, yeah. Um, sorry for that little side tangent. Um, no, you got yeah, it. You're welcome. That. Yeah. That, that's kind of the introduction of our of our uh, friendship. And so, um, but yeah, just going back to my earlier days, I, yeah, I grew up in South Sacramento. Um, real interesting uh, childhood, but we'll get to that later. Um, I ended up going to school for the first time ever at the age of 16. Um, the first time I, that's the first time I stepped on a, high, uh, a school campus of any kind. First time I did any type of um, schoolwork and that was at, in Citrus Heights actually when, yeah, up at San Juan High School. Wow. 16, first time on school campus. Wow. Um, so did you, did it take uh, two years or four years or what did high school look like then at that, at that time? Yeah, so that was an interesting, um, an interesting aspect to it because uh, although I was 16, um, you know, I hadn't done any schooling at all. So, you know, the awkward situation that my parents were in, they're like, oh, you know, we don't want to um, basically have themselves exposed that he's like far behind or, you know, whatever the case may be. They didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. So mm-hmm. um, basically, I ended up, they ended up putting me in my sophomore year. So I, I would still need, you know, technically three years. So I would graduate, I would go on to graduate high school when I was 19, which is obviously a lot later than everybody else. And so mm-hmm. that kind of factored into this whole theme of like timing and embarrassment of like being behind technically, but I wasn't really behind because it, you know, there's a lot to it, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and I then... just want to say uh, yeah. to actually just say that um 
this this whole topic really means a lot to me and it i think it really says a lot because even my girlfriend has her own podcast and she knows that i won't you know i'm kind of stubborn on joining her on hers just because i i don't really like the sound of my voice on recordings but i guess that speaks a lot to um how much this topic means to me because yeah i'm definitely willing to chat with you about it yeah yeah it seems um we we briefly talked about it before we started recording and um it seems like it's not just relatively vulnerable it uh it seems a pretty pretty extremely vulnerable so i commend you and for that so um we'll be we'll be getting into it here um so after high school and we can backtrack a little bit here soon but after high school then did you immediately go to college or community college or what was that what did that look like so after uh, finally graduating um, high school, I went to I went straight to Sac State. Um, did all four years there. Was very fortunate to have two counselors in high school that really like walked me through the process because I didn't have any idea what to expect, how to even fill it out. I had no expectations of even going to college at all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just took one uh, one person to be just like oh you're, you're gonna go to college let me help you out with it and you know she walked me throughout the, the application process and the the scholarship process and um really single-handedly helped me get to college so mrs durkey uh thank you very much for that shout out mrs durkey um so sac state um public relations same what same as me and then i came back a year or two after i graduated and spoke to the PRS to say the it's PRS to say is the uh, professional organization or club on campus um, for those not familiar with that acronym. Um, and like Josh mentioned, that's where we met. I gave a pretty candid conversation and presentation about what to expect, what not to expect, or talking about even like talking about salary and like uh, negotiations and um, just kind of no, no bullshit. Cause like, I'm just myself. I'm, wasn't representing a company that night. I was just coming back to try to give a realistic recent or someone in the field perspective of what it's like right after college. So that's what I respected about it too, is just like, it wasn't promoting anything. It was really Mm -mm. look, look at what you need to expect. And then I said, okay, well, shoot, let me, let me pick a zero a little bit more. And I was asking questions that was very, you know, directly related to that. I remember asking Mm -hmm. you, Okay, so I I know that, you know, personally, I feel like I've gotten a standard like education about PR here. You know, I've read books, I've, I've, you know, had little group projects and stuff. But, you know, far from that, you've been out in the job world. What do I need to personally work on? What skills, what universal skills can I work on by myself to try to pick up to put myself or give myself an advantage? in a world where everybody in this room is trying to do the same thing essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. I think one of the main things we were focusing on at that time, uh, was like copywriting and like writing and, and then that led into, you did that for a little bit and then you found, uh, or reignited or found, I'm not particularly sure, but film and photography and videography. So, um, that's really cool that you found that after, I don't know if you had it before that conversation or if you found it afterwards, but 
Um, I'm happy yeah, to. Yeah, before, yeah. but yeah, copywriting. You you advised copywriting to me. I still have the little uh, the book that you advised, and um, yeah, I, it was something that helped broaden my perspective of the different things that I was never even taught at all in, in mm-hmm. college. Like I, I'm, no one even mentioned copywriting to me in college at all, and so I, it opened my eyes to okay, well, there's definitely some things that college didn't teach me that I'm going to have to try to pick up on quickly to, to make it out there. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. So then you graduated, um, which semester was it last semester or is it two semesters yeah, so ago? Spring of 2019. Spring, spring 2019. So recent, pretty recent grad. Um, um, and you were working with the Kings while you're in college, right? And then you're still working with them now. Yeah, exactly. So I, awesome. I've been working since the new building opened in 2016, awesome. Golden One Center. And yeah, I've been working there in guest services. Um, I worked there for three seasons in guest services. And now that I graduated, I got uh, this internship in Community Impact and have been working there since. Awesome. Um, so now that we've kind of gotten the base, we, we kind of know who Josh is a little bit, kind of baseline story and background. Uh, mm-hmm. let's, uh, I'll kind of turn the floor over to let's you. Vulnerable. Yeah. Let's get a little vulnerable. Okay. Let's get relatively vulnerable and then let's like creep down into extremely, um, as far as you want to go. So I know you got a lot to say, so I don't even honestly know, uh, what question to ask to start it off. So, um, I'm just going to let you get into it a little bit and kind of jump in when I, when I feel like clarifying something or, um, asking something more so okay for sure um also with with that don't let me ramble on and take over the conversation. i definitely want us to be a an interaction oh yeah no yeah i know i got you i know you'll handle that very well but yeah don't let me go ahead and go off on long tangents because for sure there's a lot um but yeah honestly i i i get kind of weary just telling the story not not for the reasons one might think, but just I've, I've, I've come to learn like that so many people, everyone is going through, you know, some kind of situation. And so I, I never want to make it sound like I think my story is just, you know, so much worse than everybody else's, or, you know, I went through so much more than everybody else did. Cause I, I really like, I really don't believe that, but I really have been looking for, you know, platforms to be able to share the story just because I know it is, you know, a really unique and, you know, unfortunate situation. And so I'm glad that, first of all, that I've been put, you know, I found a situation where I can look at it in a a better perspective and then be able to talk about it. And because I was, there's a long period of time where I really didn't want to like, you know, discuss anything. I was very embarrassed mm-hmm. about everything. So I'm glad that my perception has changed on that. And so now, I've, you know, again, thank you for the, the platform to be able to, to talk a little bit about it. So, so yeah, I grew up in, like I said, in South Sacramento. Um, I was born to, you know, a really abusive dad who had no intentions of actually taking care of me or, you know, being a father to me. It was um, really from the beginning a, a plot to, like, make a financial gain off me in some way. So, um, you know, my, my dad grew up in, um, Salt Lake city, Utah, and he, he was, 
he began associating with, um, you know, cults and stuff that are kind of really odd and really awkward, I'm sure, to, to hear for most people. But mm-hmm. um, he ended up learning some strategies of, you know, making money at the time that involved taking advantage of anybody and everybody. And he he decided even then to break away from them, take what he learned from them come down to Sacramento and start his own basically. And so um, he came down to Sacramento, I think when he was around 16 or eight, 16 to 18, and this is how, how young he was like, it's pretty sad, but um, he came down here and he, you know, he found very vulnerable, actually vulnerable uh, women who are going through really hard times and, took advantage of them, kind of like tricked them into, um, you know, joining church, uh, church with him and making it seem like a very positive situation to get them, uh, get themselves into and like how he was going to help them turn their life around and, uh, stuff like that. And it just, uh, they quickly found out that he was not about that at all. And he was there to have complete control over them and start making his financial gains off of the whole situation. So, um, it, it quickly went from, let me help you. Let me help us have a great relationship to there's actually four women I'm do, that I'm, you know, interacting with in this way. And if you leave me, you will die. So it, Whoa. it's kind of, yeah, kind of gets crazy real fast, but that's the, yeah. the, the, the reality of the situation. Um, you know, my, my mom, unfortunately was, one of them who, you know, she had, she had been going through some really tough things and she was vulnerable and, um, saw this as a, saw it as a opportunity to make a better way. And then was suddenly in a trap where she literally was trapped inside a house and she couldn't go anywhere. And, you know, she was to have kids and they were, you know, he was going to, you know, my dad had a lot of kids. I'm not going to say the number because it might, you know, people might be able to go and see like the details and everything, but my dad had a lot of kids, multiple women and trapped most of them and made a financial gain off of them through, um, frauding the system and, you know, welfare money and collecting checks. And, you know, and then that's one of just one of the ways he was scamming people as one of the ways he was collecting a financial gain off of mm-hmm. other people's, uh, you know, vulnerability and ignorance. But, um, you know, he began to build his his uh, businesses and car dealerships and all this stuff through money that was, you know, wrongfully taken from the system from from a lot of people. So, wow. Yeah, that's kind of a a little summary of the backstory. And then, obviously, I grew up into that. And the way that I, the interesting thing about all this is just the way that it was introduced to me, like the way that he interacted around us. He always was trying to make us believe that he was a real great you know father and he was doing everything for us and he was working this way and keeping us you know sheltered to keep us away from all the bad things out in the world and um you know just he really uh made us view it in a way that was you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel everything is about to just be really great really soon and then you know years and years passed by and we just were waiting on an outcome and you know it was always like with the school factors it was always you know what you don't need to go to school 
you can learn they're not going to teach you anything valuable you can learn real life skills through me and then you can go to work for me and it's like everything ended up revolving around him so Mm -hmm. really uh really interesting there but um and you're and you don't know any different or any better because you're in that you're in that situation and you're just that's your environment you don't have any outside connections or contact or interactions to even know like this was like yeah Yeah. wow that is that's that's the only thing that helped me change my perception change my mom's perception because you know after hearing the same thing so many years like you know, even like these people who know they're being wrongfully taken advantage of kind of start to believe some things that are being said as well. It, it just starts to become the culture. And mm-hmm. um, that's exactly what was happening. And so the only way I was able to find, I guess, a route out of there was to start seeing that there was a different way. Start seeing that, you know, my, you know, he would take us to church like he would you know we would go to church sometimes and like i would see other people's lifestyles and how like you know laid back and how happy they were and stuff and i was like okay well you know what what are they doing different like what's going on so i i, I slowly started to pick up you know just how different we lived our lifestyle and so um you know i, I started to understand that i was in a situation that was very good and um, you know, and it did happen over a long period of time. So it's not just, you know, me realizing one of the regrets I have is that I didn't, you know, pick up on stuff a little quicker because I'm sure it would have helped the process. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of what the route that it, it went. And then, you know, I didn't know, you know, my poor mom, like she's been, you know, plotting for a while to try to get, you know, help her kids and get out of there. And she didn't want us to to know all the stuff that was happening because she didn't want to burden us with the reality of the situation. And she wanted us to have a, you know, a childhood where, you know, we were happy and stuff, but, you know, she had been flying this whole time. And so, you know, when opportunity came for her, she finally got us out of there. And um, there's a whole lot of stuff that went into that as well. And a whole lot of obviously anger and aggression that came from, you know, him realizing what had happened and, you know, there was a situation where, you know, even at my workplace that I, that I work now, a lot of people know there that my dad came back and, you know, threatened to actually kill me in front of a lot of, you know, the security, a lot of people that worked at the arena right now. So wow, a lot of stuff that happened in between, obviously, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the summary of the backstory. Wow. That's a lot. Um, yeah. That's a lot. Um, how? I think okay. Your so your mom got you guys out somehow, and mm-hmm. um, was that you guys have a different house or apartment to live in? And then is that when you first time you went to school, or is it kind of a little bit after that still? Yeah. So I I forgot to you know mention that what's kind of even more interesting about the situation is that we he began to slowly integrate us into like somewhat of a normal you know of a Mm. a different lifestyle like he he, it wasn't just like you know i was i didn't i didn't step out of my house until i was nine years old like i didn't step out of the, the front or back door till i was nine um but you know as for example we start first started going to church that was the first thing he started taking us to church and then, um, 
then he st slowly started integrating us into like you know out, like church activities then we could go like have activities with you know people that were from church but you know weren't you know anybody else mm -hmm. and you know people understood that something odd was going on but you know how people they, they don't, you don't want to you know interrupt or you don't want to like step on anybody's toes you don't want to you know be obnoxious anyway so i, I understood mm -hmm. that but there was a lot of people I know that really could have like helped a little bit more just from an outside perspective that I wish kind of would, would have done a little bit more, but yeah, I, definitely, yeah. I definitely do understand. Um, but yeah, so we, we started being integrated into more stuff and, um, you know, school was something that came up to me. I was like, you know what, all my older sister, my, my older sisters didn't go to school. Like I, I want to go to school. Like, you know, and he was like, you know, what? well, we're putting your little, you know, your little siblings in school. Like, it's, I was like, okay, that's cool and all, but can I, like, I, I want to make something of myself. Can I go to school? And so, um, yeah, it ended up being when I was 16, they finally were like, okay, well, there's nothing else we can really do. Like, we got to put them in school. And so, um, yeah, it was San Juan High School. I went there and they, um, they actually forged my half brother. So there's a couple kids that are like mixed in with the families that are not like full on siblings that mm -hmm. you know they had their own individual life going on and my half brother had gone to high school for a couple of years and so they they actually took you know forged his transcript and made it look like I had gone my freshman year only and so they put me into my sophomore year mm. from that and wow. so I was I was basically just dropped into the high school setting after all that with not much to go on but yeah. yeah how hard was or what was that transition like um i had i was kind of observant of like from going to like activities from going to church and stuff how like people interacted how people you know it was it was rough not gonna lie but um around that time i really started to pick up the fact that okay wow i'm really behind right now in life and i started to get like really desperate to where like I demanded basically that I wanted to go to school that I wanted I, things. I wanted things to change for myself. And so um, when I was there, I, I really started to like know in my head, okay, like I'm in a bad situation right now. My dad is not who I thought he was. I'm very behind. And if I don't do so, do something and make something of myself personally, then things aren't going to change at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep digging down into this hole. And so actually my first year of high school i was it hit me really hard once school started and i like was all like i was so desperate and i just went all in and i got a 4.0 and um i was like very like at that point it hit me really hard and i was like okay wow i'm i became like like almost depressed slash um just Desperate, I guess the word is just desperate. My des my desperation and the realization of the situation really fueled me. Like no, mm -hmm. other. yeah, wow. So four point I don't, dude. I don't think I ever got a four point in any semester. So yeah, that's, it died, it died that's incredible. Down that. I died yeah. down definitely. My my but, junior and senior year, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm there's I I always go back to even like when I have situations now where I feel like you know I'm. Um, not very productive or anything. I always just try to re remember back to those feelings and emotions of just straight desperation. 
mm-hmm. to, to get that fuel back because that was that was something else i was very extremely motivated yeah you're motivated locked in you're like like you said you want to make something for yourself and if you don't do it now it's not going to happen because no one else is going to help you so that's incredible that you were able to, to kind of literally pull yourself up by your bootstraps as the phrase goes and kind of yeah. um, get and seeing, through that. And seeing my mom struggling was the, honestly like, mm. I'm not going to not mention that. That was a huge motivator, obviously, but just, mm-hmm. you know, as I mentioned how she got us out of that situation, there was a lot of struggling later on with, you know, trying to see her like adapt. And um, obviously she is, well behind as well because you know we've been trapped all the time so it's like yeah she's having to pick up on all the stuff she has other kids like i'm having to pick up everybody's having to pick up on things while we go and just do it on the fly and so um back then she hadn't left yet before i like they put me in school but mm. um i still you know saw her struggle and and realized with knowing that the situation was a really negative one i started to obviously like wow she should not be treated like that that should not be happening she should not be treated uh, this way so consistently and like um yeah so that's that was definitely one of the motive motivating factors as well yeah definitely oh wow um was it around uh after high school or like in college when was that like breaking point or the escape point separation yeah escape separation yeah um yeah my mom huge credit to her she was she had been plotting for a while and you know like i said the whole element of not wanting to involve the children and doing it by herself basically was like such an inspiration to me honestly because Mm -hmm. that's so like selfless um that's such a selfless act and i just i can't believe like that with the situation we were in and how deep we were into it you know i'm sure it would have been not it wouldn't have been more comfortable her to do because i know that she was hurting like all the time but you know i feel like a lot of people just you know let things go after some time but she really stuck to it and she um actually got help from weave services which is uh women escaping a violent yeah and um which is why now i volunteer for them and awesome uh, yeah yeah weave is wonderful yeah um yeah, uh, yeah, I've done, I've helped weave, like, I've done the weave walk a mile in her shoes before. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Was, high heels? Oh, yeah, I rocked those high heels. Oh, nice. And I was I like, pictures. oh, I'll show, I'll show you after. And I'll put one in the, um, when I post this episode too, actually, so that people can see. Um, yeah, give the people like, what they want, man. Yeah, the, I'm like running in them. I'm doing squats in them. Like, oh, my goodness. I'm mobile. I'm running backwards. Yeah. It was, uh, I was a little too good at those skills, but um, anyway, um, yeah, Weave, Weave is wonderful. Um, I think I even mentioned Weave with another uh, guest that was talking about um, her abuse situation. So um, it's, it's just a great resource and great people and organization that helps um, women get out of impossible, like, you can't even imagine these situations. Like they literally make movies and make these situations up, and then it happens in real life. Sometimes it's just it's wild. Um, yeah, they're they're always based on actually the movies are actually always based on these stories because that's kind of like why I wanted to talk about it is because people hear stories like this and think that they you know they're very rare, and they are relatively rare. But 
at the same time, they're a lot more popular and they're a lot more of it going on than a lot of people think. And so, mm-hmm. you know, especially where my dad came from, you know, I'm not going to, you know, say any names or whatever, but there's many, you know, cults and um, organizations and a lot of people taking advantage of, you know, the family structure, religion, family, their own kids for a financial gain. And, yeah. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, other things as well, not just financial, but, you know, that was, that was my dad's, always my dad's main motivator. You know, people always ask me, was he, was he on drugs? Did he, did he drink? I was like, no, this dude was, it was all in his head. Like he told himself from a very young age, he's going to get rich, whatever it took. He didn't believe in, in alcohol and, and drugs and stuff. He didn't do any of that because that would take away from him, accompli- you know, his alertness mm-hmm. to be able to mm-hmm. accomplish these goals. That's how focused he was on it. And yeah. you could see the strategy and the, the work that went in on to, you know, really, you know, coax these, these people into the situation. And uh, it's just, it's, it's upsetting to, to, to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. It's real bad. Um, so what, what part do you want to touch on more? Uh, if there's more about the story or do you want to start talking about, the outcomes and how you've transitioned and how you've been able to all after all this time and you're still going to be growing and recovering from this. I'm not saying that you're done recovering or growing. Um, it's over or anything, but if there's any like lessons learned or real, like this is who I am now because of that. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, let me just finish answering your question real quick about the escape part of things. So sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, she escaped with kids. Um, and it's actually even more to that because I had to stay behind, honestly, to, um, you know, make sure that I finished school and like helped my little brother go to school. My Mm -hmm. dad always said, if I wouldn't stay with my mom, then no one would take my little brother to school because he wasn't going to do it. And this is my half brother. It's not even my full brother. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I, I knew how much he wanted to do something with himself and I wasn't going to let him fall into the same position. And so wow. when my mom left, she like, she was like, she, she had to start doing this and she plotted and she, she got the help she needed. And, um, you know, at that point I literally had to be an actor and act like I didn't know anything of where she was or anything like that. There's a lot that went into the whole escape segment but yeah um yeah so just from that like fast forward a little bit um my dad was obviously very aggressive took you know treated us you know even worse but um it came to a point where i was like okay well now i have to break away from my own well-being you know even more than i did had to before yeah and when that happened you know he chose to try to chase me down and, and get to me to get to my mom. And, um, just all the stuff that went through that, I had to, uh, end up getting a, a restraining order. We both got restraining orders on him and, um, they would only give me, the court would only give me a one year restraining order, oddly enough. Um, Hmm. so yeah, my mom got five, my mom and the kids got five and I was only able to get one. That's weird. And so that, that passed real fast. But yeah, it was back in April, um, I think of 2017, when 
um, when the whole thing went down at the uh, at the arena. Arena, yeah, wow. And then the, the security uh, shout out to them to do a great job, and they 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 pulled the video and helped me win my case against yeah. my dad, and so um, that's that's kind of the full on separation at that point. I had to tell him like because he kind of knew that I was that I wasn't happy with the situation. He knew that I was distancing myself while I was with him. Mm-hmm. But um, I had to finally, cause he, he, he came to the arena with his friends and he's all trying to act like, Oh, here's your great dad. Here's your, you know, loving dad. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that you love so much. And I was like, let's stop acting. I just told him straight out. And you know, that was one of the main things. If you embarrassed him in front of people, he, he acted out like no other. So, you know, I, I, at that point I was like, you know what, forget it. I'm, I'm done acting with you. Like, let's stop acting. You know, we know what you've done. We know the situation. Don't come up here acting like I'm your best friend and I'm actually your son because you've never treated me like it. And I'm not going to act like you're my dad anymore. Like let's, let's stop acting. And so, um, that's officially when the separation ended plus through all the court sessions and, you know, just seeing how like just scared and deathly afraid of my, my dad, my mom was throughout all those court sessions and everything just really, helped motivate me, you know, through college and yeah, uh, just keep pressing on and trying to, you know, make the story a little bit better in the end. Yeah. Jeez, man. Um, that's, yeah, it's just incredible. It's like uh, you mentioned earlier that we think this is so rare, but, and it only happens once every blue moon or one in a million, but, it, it seems like it. that's not the case. It seems like this is more frequent and common than we think. And not in the middle of nowhere, like in the Midwest where it's like country and like, <laughs> no, this is like in, like you're in Sacramento. Like, yeah. wow. That's, yeah, uh, that's back crazy. at a time that, you know, where I just think of like, man, if only he would have been, you know, trying to do like, obviously I don't want him to ever, I never wish this on anybody, but you know, if only he would have done this in an age where, you know, social media with how connected everybody is, like he wouldn't have gotten away with all the stuff he did. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, he, he definitely did this at a time where it was just perfect to get away with it. The thing that just I hate the most about all of the situation is that he really has gotten away with most of it. Like, you know, just think of all the, the abuse, the welfare fraud, the, everything that went into this, the, you know, he would put, he would put businesses in these women's names and be taking all the the credit and the resources yeah. and the profit off of it while they suffered and you know i just remember oh, there's there's a lot there's a lot to it but yeah it's um there's i definitely think that in this you know 2019 if you try to do it here it, it wouldn't even when it even happened you know yeah yeah just something to it- something i think about from time to time mm-hmm. definitely um is there what what have you done or what have you tried to do um to relearn or learn for the first time or educate yourself about just kind of getting over this is there any like counseling or therapy or talking to people about this is this so such an intense situation for a lot of your life um, or have you kind of just it's since that incident was only, only about two years ago, but at the arena, um, I just don't know if you've gotten to do any of that kind of stuff. So 
so as far as therapy goes, I think I've probably not given myself, you know, enough opportunity with that. Probably that's something, that's the area where I probably have faltered a little bit and not put much work or time into. I know my mom does a lot of therapy and, you know, she makes the, uh, my younger siblings do, do therapy and stuff. But um, I always just thought to myself, like, if I was, you know, motivated and just work, you know, I kind of felt like there's no, there's nothing else to do with the situation than keep working to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, talking along the way, I have no issue with it, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, it's kind of been on the back burner for me and, you know, and having a girlfriend now that's like in the psychology and um, really helping me learn the, the value of uh, that as a whole is, is kind of been helpful. Um, but I, I hope to really try to prioritize that um, this upcoming year. Awesome. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely been on the back burner for mm-hmm. a little while. Definitely. Um, what if anyone's listening to this? Because it is almost 2020, and in the social media age, and internet is more widely widespread. And someone's hearing this episode uh and they think they are in this situation or know someone or might know someone in the community that's going through something like this is there any advice you would give or any resources like weave that you can point them to to try to um, educate or help them out something like this yeah so definitely um weave is a, is a great option but i honestly like um Quick message from one of my sponsors, Anchor. Anchor is the platform I use to host my podcast on. It is so free and so easy to use. As a chronic overthinker and over-researcher, I usually over-analyze everything before making a decision. Anchor was a clear choice for me and helped my podcast get off the ground quickly. It'll distribute your podcast for you so your audience can listen on their favorite platform like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You do not need fancy equipment or software. You can literally record and edit podcasts within the app on your phone or computer. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required. If you've been wanting to start your own podcast, I highly encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I think that just helping them see, you know, because there's there's a lot of different variations of a situation like mine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly how to, you know, come up with a universal, you know, solution basically, or, mm-hmm. or you know, if it's, if it's a woman being, you know, dealing with a lot of abuse, definitely weave is a great resource. If it's a, it's, if it's a, a situation that's really focused on like um, finances and stuff, like just, my advice is to tell somebody like, you know, don't hesitate with telling anybody. Like I, I didn't know that my dad had been building my credit behind my back to ruin it later on. Like he pulled out $30,000. He built up my credit without me knowing and then built up 30, uh, oh, sorry, pulled out $30,000, um, and ruined it before I even had a chance to, to, um, to start working on it. And so 
Yeah. I literally was talking out of nowhere, like I was supposed to be at school one day and I was like, I can't think about this. Like I went to Best Buy and tried to get, you know, a credit card and stuff. And they're like, Oh no, we definitely can't rent to you. We can't rent to you. Um, you know, start building credit. Yeah. And, um, well that was actually, that's interesting. Cause that was the other, other thing too, is just getting a place and like trying to get a place and the whole credit thing was a disaster. So yeah, there's a lot of, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't um, think about anything else. So I skipped school that day and I was, you know, at the bank and then they ended up having me talk to literally the FBI about the situation. And I was, you know, discussing like what, you know, what the possible outcome could be. And he, the sucky thing about that too, is that he technically got away with that too. Like they're like, we don't have enough evidence that it was him, but we have enough evidence that it wasn't you. So we're going to wipe it away free and clear, oh, uh, wow. which is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. obviously I can't have any complaints about that, but yeah, just back to your question. If, if it's anything financially put it out there in the open, you know, we live in, I feel like we live in a country that does pretty well at giving you a second chance. If you can prove that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't you and, you know, you're being taken advantage of, then I feel like there's, there's plenty of resources that can help you um, get out of that situation. But yeah. yeah, there's a there's a lot of different variations of a type of situation like that. So I don't think there's really any universal thing, but just honestly help anybody realize that if they're not happy, they're not in a situation that, you know, they're they're in control of. Everyone should be in control of their own life. Everyone should be, you know, as happy and we're working to be as happy as possible. So if they're not in that type if they're not in that environment or in that situation, then help them realize that there are other alternatives and there are other ways to live. And I think that'd be the only like real universal thing that you approach that you could take with that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for uh, sharing that. Uh, Any, any last words or lessons or takeaways uh, from this story or anything you didn't mention that you wanted to before we kind of take a next step? Um, Maybe the theme of timing. Timing has been, a very interesting um probably the the theme that i've learned from the most with you know with my life because i i've always been you know an ambitious person i've always you know wanted to not get ahead in a way that like be greedy or anything i I just always wanted to you know you know pursue my my goals be on top of things and be productive and you know to as i i'm gonna go back to the the high school thing like I was very desperate because, um, because of that. And so timing started to play a huge factor in my life. I started to realize like, wow, you're really behind. Like people are, you know, graduating, graduated high school already. You're supposed to be graduated and you're like in your junior year, you know, hanging out with these kids that are younger than you. And that's like, that does play a little like game with your, um, psychological uh, yeah. viewpoint stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, it really did. Like I, there's periods of my life where I just become, you know, depressed about the whole like timing element, you know, and I've, I've had to pull myself out and realize that, you know, everyone goes through things. It's, it's helpful to understand that, you know, everyone has gone through a situation, everyone experiences setbacks and all you can really do is just keep, pushing forward and it it sometimes becomes um or sounds cliche but that's really just that's it like that's why honestly i feel like i haven't really done too much 
uh, pursuing of therapy and stuff like that is because I know at the end of the day, like you got, you have to keep, we have to keep going. Like I have to keep looking for, you know, the next step and I have to keep working. And so Mm -hmm. how timing plays into all that is I had to let it, like I've had to let it go over the years of like, forget, you know, your embarrassment about, you know, graduating late, forget your embarrassment about, you know, being, you know, 20, you know, graduating at, at 23 of college, you know, like, you know, even though everyone else is like graduating at like 21 and stuff, it's like, you know, that stuff has to go and you just have to, you know, put your all into things and um, not worry so much about timelines. Yeah. Yeah. Every, there's no, there's no one set timeline, even though society wants it there to be that like, this is what everyone should follow, especially in situations like this. There's, there's no timelines for being healthy and alive and now safe. Like, that's incredible in itself um, from my understanding of stuff like this. So um, it's just everyone moves at their own pace. So um, don't feel like don't try not to compare yourself to other people. It seems like exactly. so. That's really what. Path. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's, it's really what it comes down to. I feel like is just, you know, that's even a huge part of it too was, you know, since I know you're into like uh, bodybuilding and stuff like that was a huge part of it. My, my, my dad keep kept us very malnutrition and very, you know, I always wanted to like, again, work towards my goals. Like one of them was being fit and healthy and stuff. And so like, you know, realizing how behind I was in that too, is just like, it was, that was a huge part of the, you know, depressing element. And so, you know, I remember there's days back on when I was a kid where my dad would literally, he would get all these like welfare checks, all this, like, um, I think they call it like food stamp money and stuff like, he would have all those payments come in and like the last priority was getting us food in my house. And so, you know, I'd be sitting there like, you know, my stomach, I remember a day where I was like, my stomach was trying to make me throw up cause I was so hungry, but there was nothing to throw up. So I was just like, it was, it was really all bad. I, I'll still never remember, uh, still never forget that day, but um, yeah. stuff like that is like, when I look back at where I've come from, like that's another thing where I, I just, I have to forget the timelines of things because I'm not, not be so comparative or, you know, judgmental about myself and com- compare it to other people because again, everybody's situation is different. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful honestly that, you know, I'm even healthy enough to pursue my goals from here on out. So a lot of things could have gone differently. So a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, um, that's a, uh, interesting and incredible kind of way to end kind of talking about this. If you're ready to move on to the next segment, um, next segment of that one thing, if you could talk to everyone in the world all at once through a video, a text message or an image, what would you say and why this could be like a universal truth could be something fun, something you just uh, want everyone to hear. Well, that's, a lot right there but i think i'm just going to go back to the um the one theme that i just brought up a little while ago was um i would honestly just try to help people understand that whatever culture whatever situation whatever uh time or part of their life they're in you know their uh, their health their happiness should always come first And if they're in an environment where that is not happening, recognize it, 
understand that there are tr- there are alternatives and to work towards a happier alternative because I know a lot of people don't even, you know, give themselves that credit. You know, I, mm-hmm. some people are, are born into thinking that, you know, it's not that much of a priority for them. And so everyone, everyone should feel as though they are a priority. They should have control of their life. And so definitely that's, that's what I tell people. Yeah. That's awesome. That one thing, keep your health and happiness in mind um, as the main priority and always be working towards that and keeping a check on it because that can change over time. You could be, this is your goal. This is your mission. And after six months, two years, five years, even things change, life happens. And maybe that's not your goal and mission anymore. It's then that's not making you happy. It's being aware of that and pivoting and finding something else new to work towards too. So you're continuously evaluating and um, moving towards that health and happiness over time too. So um, I think that's That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Really? Great word. That's, that's something I've also uh, definitely come very well acquainted to with, um, with everything is is that word pivoting. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And basketball and in life, got to pivot. For sure in basketball and, using it for life now yeah yeah um so it shared us an incredible story um very vulnerable um and shared some great advice with us and i appreciate your time uh if anyone wants to uh support your uh film page or any wants to talk to you about anything afterwards after listening to this episode uh where can they find you at or where do you want to point them to well yeah so trying to plug us matt yeah trying to plug, plug it up, up. um yes yeah, thank you for that um yeah yeah i'd probably just send them to my um my film page i'm getting you know i'm relatively new to you know film but it's my passion so i guess you get to see just like a little bit of my work as it, as it evolves over time nowhere near even good yet but i'm definitely working at it and i'm about to uh, actually about to get a new camera um, either this week or next week. So I'm excited about that. And um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Josh S underscore media and see my evolution of film from there. Yeah. Josh is uh, selling himself short a little bit. I've seen his stuff on there. It's pretty good for someone, especially someone self-taught. So uh, you're rocking and rolling. You just got to keep it up. Um, new camera is going to help and just more time and you'll be on that path, man. Um, any, any as last parting words, um, for me or the listeners? Um, just, a, you know, a thank you again. I, I've over the, the year or so that I've known you, I've definitely just, um, recognized how, how genuine of an individual you are. And I, you know, this podcast is something I'm looking forward to just hearing all the different, uh, episodes of, and just appreciative that I was able to make the cut and, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, man, you got it. You're you're an awesome dude. You deserve the best. It's even more now after hearing all this. You're always kind and helpful and so hardworking. So um, any anything, anytime I can help out, I'm happy to. So um, appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Um, and that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Um, thanks again for coming on, Josh. And well, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening. 
If you like the podcast, please share it, then leave a rating and review if you haven't already. Have an awesome day.